Welcome to the Asset Management Fridays edition of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 45 years of combined experience in operations and management and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems, manage their properties more efficiently, and become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Asset Management Friday segment of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate. How many times have you thought there has to be a better way while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RedIQ.com. All right. Today on the show, we have Jamie Gruber. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing well, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. If you can start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do. Sure, sure. Still a W-2 guy. I'm a director of claims for a large insurance company. On the side, I invest in real estate. Current portfolio with partners is up to about 42 units, two larger multifamily properties, a couple duplexes, that sort of thing. My partner and I created a community called Multifamily and More, as you can see if you're watching by the, by the banner behind me, which is a networking community that started in Michigan that intended to be just a meetup group. And it's expanded to now 18 chapters with about 7,000 members nationally. So excited to kind of build that brand and help other people get into the real estate investing game. So that's a lot of members there. <laughs> we do our best. We do our best. We drag them in kicking and screaming if we need to. <laughs> Today, let's talk about tenants and raising rents the right way. So tell me about what kind of tenant experience you try to provide at your properties. So the easy thing to say is, you know, safe, clean, affordable housing, right? So we're in that B minus C plus market for tenants, but really it's about the people aspect and it's about not even calling them tenants, but more residents. There's just a different connotation to that term, I think. So what we try to do is, of course, provide them with what they need, but also do things like be very responsive to their requests, be very flexible with what they need. When we inherited property, often it comes with maybe some older folks who aren't used to what we want, which is online bill pay versus mailing a check or something like that. So try to be responsive, try to be flexible, and we try to create a sense of community within the units by communicating effectively, meeting with folks face-to-face, meeting them in the common areas and all of that. And then when we so far have gone in and repositioned properties, we've taken pains to make sure that common areas are clear of any clutter, really make sure that for everybody walking out the front door, they get a nice clean view of their living space. So that's what we try to do. Now, obviously, when you take over property, at some point, you want to raise rents. What does that plan look like for you guys? Yeah. So again, people first, right? So the goal, especially when you buy something that's way under market, and I'll talk about a 16 unit we acquired recently, a little over a year ago now, a year and a half ago. When we acquired that property, the rents were so low. It was so tempting to just sort of get to market as quickly as possible. But our plan and strategy was and remains, again, people first. So what that looked like was go in, introduce ourselves. We gave goodie bags with magnets, giving our phone number and whatever else they need. Say hi to everybody, make sure they get to know who we are. And then went through and did some surveys like, hey, what amenities do you want? What sort of issues might you have with your unit currently, small maintenance items or whatever the case may be. And we took a month or two to really go through and make sure we resolve those, fix the leaky faucet, replace the toilet, 
paint the ceiling, whatever it might be for that particular tenant. Once we were done with that and along the way communicating that, hey, yes, rent, because that's the first question they have when you take over, like my rent's going up. And the answer is, we're going to analyze the market. We're going to get a sense of it. But I can tell you that from our view of it, we bought this property understanding that the rents were below market. So we will talk about a rent increase at some point, but we want to get a better feel for everything first. So what we did was we went through and after we did the two months of helping people out, fixing their maintenance issues, we then presented them with leases at what we believed to be was a fair market value for that unit, actually below full market value, but still well above what we were getting at that time. So that's what we did. Focus on the people, take care of their issues, show them that that's what your brand is. And once they sort of understand that, then it's time to maybe come at them with leases, but along the entire spectrum, not hide anything. Don't, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Nothing like that. We're very clear and upfront with them as to what our intentions were. And do you measure that? Because are you trying to hit every single tenant and adjust one of their needs or in the nitty gritty? What does that look like? As far as the maintenance requests? Well, if you have, let's say 16 tenants, are you trying to hit every single tenant before you raise the rent? Do you have like KPIs to measure all this? What is sure. that? Yeah. Yes. We did want to hit every tenant. And it's funny, we went in with an idea of let's go two tenants, raise their rents, then two tenants, raise their rents, then two tenants, raise their rents. Understanding, first of all, that no leases were in place, right? Leases had expired in some cases decades ago, right? There were no leases in place. So we had this idea of, do we go two by two? And we consulted with people in our network that had done much of this. And they said, hey, listen, you do it with two in a community that size, 14 leave because they know what's coming. So you need to do it all at once or not at all. So when we went through the KPI that we really went by was average rent. We came in with an average rent of 578. We had a goal of getting our average rents up to 700 within 18 months. So we went in with that in mind. So for us, what we did was we said, okay, we've got no leases in place. The rents are average 578. We think the market is closer to $800 a month. But what's a good middle ground where when people look around, they're going to see like, even though the shock of a raise is going to make them react but they're going to look around and say, well, but I can't find anything even close to this price if I were to move. So we raised rents up to six seventy-five for all existing residents, no matter where they came from. In some cases, that was an $80 raise. In some cases, that was a $200 raise. And we kept all but two. And with those units, when we turned them, we tested the market on that a little bit, went to seven forty-five, dollars then seven ninety-five, dollars and now we're renting for eight twenty. dollars These are all one bedrooms. So that's kind of what we did. But 700 was our goal, KPI, if you will, for average rents based on all those tactics. And as we stand today, we're at 726 a door. And over how long of a period was that? So we got to 726 about three months ago, so 15 months. And what has been your biggest resident issue and how have you been able to deal with that? So people first, I'll go back to that. Our biggest resident issue was the old manager. So the owner prior to us was an elderly gentleman and his wife, both ill, unfortunately. So they sold the property to us. And they had a handyman tech living in the first unit you enter when you enter the building. And that handyman was not very good, hence the need for us to go around and fix a lot of maintenance issues. Heavy, heavy, heavy smoker, he and his wife. His wife had an oxygen tank she would roll around and smoked, which scared the hell out of everybody in the building. <laughs> you know, when's this thing going to blow kind of thing? So we walked in with very, very nice people, very, I don't want to say simple, but that's just kind of how they were. They're very accommodating. They helped us with the transition and everything. And now we got to this point where we're coming in saying, this is a no smoking building. So we put them on a three month test lease explaining, hey, listen, we want to put you on a lease. They actually weren't paying rent at all. So we gave them a rent from their prior lease. We said, we'll charge that for three months and let's see if the smoking thing can go away. And they promised, oh yeah, we're chewing Nicorette. We're trying to quit. We're absolutely doing great, but it didn't stop. So about 30 days out from the end of that three-month lease, I had a conversation with the gentleman, the handyman, and explained to him that, you know, it's not going to work. 
So what we did or what I did at that point was look around, found different apartments for him that were hopefully within a range that he could afford, presented them to him, gave him the referrals he needed for those apartments. He was a great tenant. He's a great guy. He did pay on time for that three months, but really helped them not just, hey, you're out in 30 days, have a nice day, but how can I help you with this? Be it find you an apartment somewhere, give you a recommendation, or even offer to help him move because he had like in the basement all these chests of tools and everything because he was the handyman. So just offered to help him move all of that stuff were some of the things we did. So just sort of a people first approach. Yeah, that's a really good example. You really were proactive. And I think most people aren't that people first. No, it's sort of like, get out, do it. This is what we want to do. And I'll tell you, I mean, once he left, he took the pictures off the wall and you'd think they were still there, right? They were yellow walls with this white outline of a photo behind it. It was gross. But yeah, to your point, it's definitely people first. Let me pass it over to Kyle or wrap it up. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. All right, Jamie, we ask everyone this last question. What is your asset management superpower? I think it's just relatability. So I'm a people person by nature. And I think that this business, like any business, is about people. So the ability to relate to others, kind of understand, listening with a third ear, if you will, understand the objection behind the objection and try to come to a reasonable conclusion for them, keeping them in mind the whole time. It's always served me and whether it's asset management or anything else, but that's what I try to leverage. In yeah, Fantastic. Power. All right. Well, Jamie, thanks for coming on and talking to us about how to treat your residents. In summary, basically it comes down to people first. Treat your residents like you want to be treated. I like the fact that you survey the residents. It is a smaller building, but you survey the residents to see what they want. And then you focus on those items so that they have a reason that they want to stay because they show that you're putting care back into the building. And then like you said, people first. So if you can tell the listeners where they can find out more about you. Yeah, sure. Check out multifamilyandmore.com or you can find us on Instagram or Facebook, just at multifamilyandmore, all one word, the A-N-D, not the ampersand. And yeah, you can find us in all those places. Perfect. All right. Thanks everyone for listening in. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a like, subscribe, and review so we continue to grow the podcast. And we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to aptcapitalgroup.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.